Hey, this is Mark with A Present Word, where scripture is shared with insightful and practical applications for you today. Psalm 42, verse 7. Deep calls unto deep, at the noise of your waterfalls, all your waves and billows have gone over me. In our life, all of us will face times when waves are crashing against us, the billows are crashing over us. We find ourselves in trials, in tribulations, in suffering. It could be family problems, health problems, financial problems, relationship problems. And like Jonah, we find ourselves hurled into the depths of the sea, into the very heart of the sea, and the currents swirl about us. All the waves and breakers are sweeping over us. These are the times that we have to dive deep like the psalmist. On the surface of our life, there's going to be times when it requires us to move into the deep places of God. We have to become deep divers in the spirit. We have to find the heart of God. We have to understand the mind of God and how we're to proceed, that we make good choices and right decisions so that we can come out the other end remain standing and not go under. Matthew chapter 13, verse 5. Behold, the sower went out to sow. Some seed fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched or dried up, and because they had no root, they withered away. Jump to verse 20. Jesus explains this parable. He who received the seed on the stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but only endures for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arise because of the word, immediately he stumbles or he's offended and falls away. So in this parable, the Lord is pointing out stony places, no depth of earth, see, no root in himself. When these waves and billows are crashing over us, we have to go deeper. If we remain on the surface, we can be taken out. We have to become deep divers in the spirit. Stony places, rocky ground, what is that? These are conditions of heart where we're unfeeling, attitudes, strong opinions. We're hard-headed and we're hard-hearted. Hebrews 3.15 While it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, as in the day of trial in the wilderness. See, the psalmist, he had to strengthen his heart in God. He could not depend on what he was experiencing naturally. King David, he was anointed king. He had fought Goliath. He had brought many victories to Israel. But what's happening to him? He's being pursued by the army that he served, and they want to kill him. Later in life, his own family, his children turned against him and tried to knock him out of his kingship. David could have hardened his heart. We can harden our heart. Even when there's rebellion going on around us, we have to strengthen our heart in God. We have to go deeper. Proverbs 4.23, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Proverbs 28.14, happy is the man that fears God always, but he that hardens his heart shall fall into evil, trouble, and misfortune. In the parable of the sower, the Lord's pointing out that this individual had a hard heart, had no depth of earth, had no root himself. 
Well, what does that mean? It means they're shallow, they're superficial. They're living on the surface of life only. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 10:7, do not look at things according to the outward appearance. Jump to 12, but they measuring themselves by themselves, comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. So we can look around and measure ourselves by the condition of other believers and say, well, I'm okay. I look at their life. I see where they are spiritually. And if these other are living a surface Christian life and they're not going deep, we many times will role model ourselves after those that we're in relationship with or in fellowship with. We want the fellowship, but the standard is the Lord. 1 Corinthians 3.11, for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So he's our foundation. He's our example. Verse 12, now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work what sort it is. Well, wood, hay, and straw, you don't have to go very deep to find that. That's right on the surface. It's easy to obtain. It's quick. It's fast. It's immediate. See, in the parable, they immediately sprang up. Today, we can get everything instantaneously online. Fast food. Even church is getting faster. We get in, we get out, we get what we need, we move on. But gold, silver, and precious stones, these aren't on the the surface of the earth. These are more precious. These you have to go deep to find. You have to ask. You have to seek. You have to knock. It takes time and it takes effort. See, salvation is a free gift. See, not of ourselves, lest anyone boast, to receive it freely. But that's the mercy and graciousness of God. But the Lord's looking for a response from our heart to his heart. Will you go deep in me? Will you go and seek out the hidden treasures, the gold, the silver, the precious stones? Don't just work on the surface of earth and work with wood, hay, and straw. James 5, 7 says that we need to be patient until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Jesus was speaking in Matthew 13, verse 11, and answered his disciples. He said, It has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. Why? Well, they have no root in themselves. They have no heart for the things of God. See, they're only in it for themselves. What can I get from Jesus? What can Jesus do for me? How can Jesus improve my life? Well, we know he can do that. But really, what we should be asking is, what can I give Jesus my Lord and my God? When these waves and billows are crashing over me, we cry out to be rescued, to be delivered, for the pain to stop, for the crisis to come to an end. When will the end be? I have found in my own personal life, when I I've been in these trials that the Lord is saying, go deep. Don't live on the surface of this trial. Take a deep dive into my heart. 1 Corinthians 2.10, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. These deep things, they're the hidden wisdom. A wisdom that's not of this world, but of its, it's of his kingdom, the mysteries of his kingdom. God never wastes any trials or difficulties that we may face. He will use these life experiences 
excuses for us to cry out to him, to ask, seek, and knock. And he's saying, find me, find me in this storm. All the waves and billows, they're crashing over you. You have to leave the surface of this life and go deep into the heart of God, dig deep into the word of his revelation. When everything is going great and we're happy and everything is, you know, we're prospering, flourishing. Those are wonderful times. But I found that those are times that we're walking out the revelation, wisdom, and understanding that we gain through the previous trials that we've come out of. Isaiah 45, 3, I will give you the treasures of darkness and the hidden riches of the secret places. These aren't the evil darkness of the satanic world. No, these are the hidden treasures that we can't see, that we have to search out, that we have to seek out in the Lord. In Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1, my son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, yes, if you cry for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Solomon is writing here, this is something that has to be searched for. It's hidden treasures. It's not something just laying on the ground. It's not something easy to to access or pick up. It's not fast. It's not immediate. See, the Lord is saying it's it's given to you to know these mysteries, but to them it hasn't. The Lord is a wise master builder, and he's not just going to open his heart and just pour out the rich treasures of his kingdom to people that don't have a heart for him, the people that have no root in themselves, that there's no stability, there's no desire to pursue the things of God. They just want what God's giving, freely given to them, that they can take for themselves. And he tells us in Matthew to, to lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, not on earth. Colossians 2, 2, both the Father and Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. But the emphasis here is hidden. All these treasures are hidden. He wants to give us the treasures that are in the dark places, but they're hidden. They're in secret places. See, Psalm 36, 6, your righteousness is like the great mountains. Your judgments are a great deep. O Lord, how great are your works, and your thoughts are very deep. Psalm 107, they see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. Psalm 135, 6, whatever the Lord pleases, he does in heaven and earth and the seas and all the deep places. When we look at the sea, and I know the psalmist is relating to the physical body of water, but it's a different environment. See, when you go into the water, if you're a deep diver in the sea, it has to be done with special equipment. When we dive into the spirit, it can only be done by the spirit. We can't use our natural mind, our natural eyes, our natural understanding. The natural man doesn't understand the things of the spirit because they're foolishness to him. Luke chapter 5, verse 4, and when he had stopped speaking, Jesus said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Well, this is a present word for us, that we need to launch out into the deep places in God, and we have to let down our net, our net for a catch. Well, what are we catching? Well, we always relate this story to Peter. He's going to be a fisher of men, and he was. This net is our heart. I, the question is, what is our heart catching? Are we surface fishing? Or are we going into the deep things of God? 
are researching out the hidden treasures, the mysteries. You know, there's a show that's been on for many years, The Deadliest Catch, and they go out into the, the depths of the Bering Sea. They have waves and billows are crashing over these these vessels, but they're capturing really the jewel of the sea, which is the king crab. So the king crabs, they're just not, you know, crawling around on the shore. When you want the good stuff, you've got to go out into the deep places. And he's saying to Peter, Peter, launch into the deep. God is so deep. And no matter how long that we've been walking with the Lord, loving on the Lord, serving the Lord, he's still so much greater. He is an ocean of wisdom, revelation, and knowledge. I want to inspire us that we are not content with where we are presently in our experience with the Lord, but that we go into the deep heart of God and we learn his wisdom and understanding for our life and for others. And I believe in doing this as our heart is filled with his treasures. These treasures are translated into the heavenly places. See, where your heart is, there your treasure is also. Luke 6.48, Jesus speaking a parable. It's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the floods rose and the stream beat vehemently against that house, it could not shake it for it was founded on the rock. Well, we know it's the Lord Jesus. We know it's his word. His word is like a rock, but it's the deep revelation of his word, the deeper understandings of God. See, when we get saved, that's an absolute miracle. But the Lord's looking at us and he's saying, what are you going to do with this beautiful gift I've given you of my son? In my formative years, in Christianity, most of the messages that I heard was go out and witness to your neighbors and get them in here. And then when they came in, they were told to go out and get your neighbors and witness to them. And okay, that's all good. But the reality is, is that the Lord, he saved you and me for a purpose that we can be transformed into the image of his son. He wants to reproduce himself in each and every one of our lives, that we are like him, that we think like him, that we understand like him, that we're relating to him and relating to his father properly. And this requires us to go through trials and difficulties. A lot of times, you know, when I've been experiencing troubles, I, you know, I start rebuking, you know, the devil and the enemy. And the truth of it is, is that the Lord might allow these things to happen, like Job, as an example. See, it was God, he, he allows these things to happen. But where did Job end up? Job end up in a deeper place in God. He came out of that experience knowing God in a deeper way. He had a relationship with the Lord. People would, prior to his trial, prior to, you know, Job's difficulties, you know, there was no other man like Job on the earth, the scriptures tell us. But there was more. And I think God loved Job so much that he said, I want to take him deeper in me. See, there's so much God is working in our lives from an eternal perspective that we just try to relate and understand everything in this life and on the surface level of the world that we live in, I think we'll misunderstand what God is doing and how he's trying to work his kingdom nature into our life. And that's a beautiful thing. We don't want to resist that. We don't want to get offended. Like in the parable of the sower, the word, the persecution of the word, they got offended. They had strong opinions. They had a hard heart and they fell away. They turned, they walked away 
away from the Lord. John chapter 4, verse 7. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink of me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealing with Samaritans. And Jesus said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it was that says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get this living water? Well, we know where he was getting the living water. He was getting it out of his relationship with his father, out of his heart out of his spirit. He goes on in John 7:38. he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now it's saying out of his heart, not out of our head. It's always out of our heart. Now we need knowledge. Much knowledge is good, but if it's not coming out of the heart, if it's not real, if it's not the, the real heart of the man by the spirit of God, then it's just information. You have nothing to draw with and this well is deep and there's no one deeper than the Lord Jesus. But he was saying, if you knew who it was, you'd be asking me. The Lord is saying, will you ask me in your trial, in your difficulty, when these waves and billows are crashing over you, when you're facing maybe life and death, maybe total ruin, ask the Lord because he wants to give you a drink. But you have to be willing to search, to ask, seek, and knock, and to dive deep into the heart of God. What we need in those trying times cannot be found in this dimension on this earth. You can't find it there. You can look for it online. You can go to your churches. You can call your friends, but the Lord's going to close that down because he's saying what you need, you can only find in me in that personal intimate relationship in the secret place. Psalm 1-3, we shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also does not wither, and whatever he does prospers. See, as we're patient, like James said about the farmer, we shall bring forth fruit, we shall bring forth gold, silver, and precious stones. We'll bring forth understanding and wisdom and revelation, first for our life and then for others. Deep calls unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls. All your waves and billows have gone over me. May we use these opportunities when we find ourselves against the crashing waves of life that we go deep. We become a deep diver in God. I hope this message was helpful to you today. If you would like to be notified of future podcasts, click the follow button. If you're on Google, click subscribe. This is a free podcast. We are a listener-supported ministry. If you would like to donate, click the PayPal link in the podcast. If you're on our website, click the heart button. To contact me, my email is apresentword at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. God bless you.